Here we go. Welcome to the first episode of the famous, future famous TM podcast. The first episode is about uh, freight units and freight unit building. So we jumpstart immediately into something very interesting. And we try to deep dive uh, into that one today. Let's see how deep we dive. So maybe first of all, we can introduce ourselves that you know whom you are listening to. So, Dragos, maybe you first. Um, okay, my name is Dragos Florescu. I am developer in transportation management since 2006. I served different roles. I worked mainly in planning uh, area, and now I'm a team architect in our freight order management team. I also served uh, for a while as a UI architect for the whole project, and now I'm coming back to my roots planning and uh, yeah, freight order management. It's the central area of transportation management. Totally agree. And Dragos is a god of UI, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, ah, maybe come over. <laughs> so my name is Thomas Quintus. Um, I have the role of a Scrum Master in the freight order management team. And I also do um, some smaller developments. I would say I'm the least experienced developer here in this world. Hello, my name is Patrick Hornick. Uh, I am the architect in the area of forwarding order management. Uh, I started my career here at SAP in the famous planning and execution team. Um, I, had a, I was responsible for the freight unit, freight unit building area. Therefore, I participate here in that podcast right now. Um, yeah, that's actually my history. Yeah, and... Me, I'm Bernd Dittrich. Uh, I'm also the co-architect uh, of Dragos in the freight order management team. And uh, yeah, also started in TM development with 6.0 somewhere in 2000 something, 6 or so. Five. Five, maybe, yeah. And before that, I had a short episode in solution management and the longer one in TPVS consulting. But now finally, I made it all the way up uh, to development from consulting. So I'm happy to be here in development now. Yeah, topic is to, for the day is, uh, as mentioned, freight units and freight unit building. And so a good starting point is to say what a freight unit actually is and why would someone want to have a freight unit? I never saw a freight unit out in the wild. So why do we have one? Maybe. So... Actually, in TM, we deal with uh, different transportation requirements, which have a different source. Might be in the LSP scenario, in the LSP world, we usually create forwarding orders directly in our system or EDI-driven, for example. In the um, so-called shipper scenario, where we have an ERP system connected to our TM system, we create the transportation requirements usually in ECC and um, create the corresponding documents in TM. Um, As a basis for planning, we, we create the so-called freight units. The freight units are mostly driven by the quantities which should be transported and the routing which should be transported. So um, the transportation requirement itself might go from the original shipper to the consignee and we only store that information in the, in the so-called tier queue business object. And as a result or as a preparation for the planning run, we can define a freight unit based on different quantities and with a different routing than maybe it was initially uh, created based on the transportation requirement. 
Mm. I think also if you look at the freight unit from a document flow perspective, so it is sits in the middle between the original demand, which is a sales order, and the actual planning result, which is a freight order, booking order, or trailer document, or, or some of them, right? If it's multi-stage, then the same requirement would be in one freight unit. We come to later how to get there. One or more freight units. And then those freight units are assigned to the actual execution documents, freight orders for a truck, pre-leg, booking for the main leg, and maybe another freight order for the subsequent ah. leg then for the final <coughs> delivery. So it's more of a helper construct actually sitting in the middle. I think if you look at very big freight units, like um, bulk business, where you would have like 2,000 tons of corn or, or something, I think it's pretty hard to get a truck for 2,000 tons, at least nowadays. Um, maybe in the future that might change, but today I think you would end up with capacities like 25 tons. And then you have to split that original requirement of 2,000 tons into ooh, many freight units. I don't do the math now. That I think that is one piece of that. And then you can also merge different freight units. So if you have four ERP reasons, if you have... Um, like three sales orders, but they should go end to end together, then it is, from our understanding, a freight unit. I think that's also part of that definition, right? So it's a freight unit is something that goes from the beginning to the end together. At least you think it will go together. We come to exceptions from that later, I think. But I think that's a good point of looking at something. Yeah. If you have some items going end to end together, then you would... Uh, put that together. And if you have to split it because it will be on different trucks, then it's a different freight unit. I think that's a good way to look at freight yeah. units. Perhaps now we should mention, I think, the most important feature of a uh, freight unit. It contains all um, the so-called transportation stages, which are not persisted in the original requirement document. The original requirement document usually has only um, the sources and the destination. But uh, the freight unit allows us to store the complete routing of um, of that transportation demand. Exactly. Then we have also interesting mixtures, right? So in the, let's say at least forwarding order world, you kind of already have a so-called ordered route. And ah, which is just the rough routing. And um, in the Wait. Uh, in the actual um, in the actual routing, you have more stages. So you in in the forwarding order, you just say I, I want to go through Hamburg or so. And uh, in the actual routing, you define it even more precise how to get to Hamburg, how to get from Hamburg to destination port, etc. Et I think that is. And I think this was also a reason why we have freight units in the first place because you want to store this detailed planning information without uh, modifying the requirement document. One very important thing is that we just want to decouple the actual order data from the actual execution or planning data. And therefore we decided to have different object instances, one which is just storing the pure ordered information which was ordered by the customer and one which we define in TM which contains all the information about how to how to route the, the goods, how to timing perspective, so when do the goods arrive and so on. 
those information are will be stored on the freight unit and not on the customer order because this was nothing the customer requested from us. Um, that's something which we determined in TM. Exactly. Maybe that's uh, that's also the uh, borderline between TRQ, so the requirement document, let's say from a first approach, the TRQ key has everything in it, what really has been ordered by the customer, and then the freight unit already adds some planning flavor to that. So it's based on the TRQ, but it adds information. Later, we can also have deviations in the freight unit from the order, but in the first place, you would enrich it with additional stages, for example, or with some packaging information, but that's for later. Limitation B freight units. <laughs> we come to that in the more special section for the special types of freight units. Maybe we can also talk about what a freight unit technically is. So if you look into our BO model, you won't see anything like a freight unit as a business object. The reason behind is that we, or actually the modeling first of all, is uh, that the freight unit is just a specific category of TOR. TOR, transportation order, is basically the, the basis of all planning, execution, invoicing in a way, uh, documents. So the incarnations of TOR are freight unit as a first one, freight order, which represents a truck for an, an easy approach that represents a truck or a train in some cases. Then the transportation unit with a special so far delivered content for trailers, which represent a trailer. And uh, booking orders, which uh, typically are used in ocean and air, which does not represent the whole vessel, but uh, something you booked on a vessel or an airplane, because typically you, you don't book a whole vessel, except for bulk, but that's another story then. And uh, the freight unit is now one of those in incarnations. So it's the TOA category is FU also. It's, yeah, sorry for the American listeners. So if we would have liked to abbreviate that with FUN, like fun or so, but we only had two letters. So it stands for freight unit, nothing else. Uh, and maybe we sometimes also call it fun, of course, because freight unit can be fun. Not always, but can. So that is first the TOA category. And then... The second um, piece, we already talked a lot about the quantities. The quantities are in the items. So this freight unit has items, actually the same items, more or less the same items as the TRQ has, but some more special items, we come to that later, the so-called freight unit root item, FUR item, which is, uh, we'll come to that, to that later. But beside that, it has kind of a reference to all the TRQ items which are in that freight unit. And then we come to the actual, to the stages. Patrick already mentioned, Dragos also uh, talked about the stage-wise planning. So you, if you have a freight unit, one guy is responsible for the pre-leg. That's the first stage. Then the second one is uh, responsible for the main leg, where you assign it to a booking, and then another one for the third leg. That's why stages are um, important in a freight unit. We come also uh, to, to locking later that has some implications because you can plan the three stages in parallel. So if you you don't have a locking issue, even so you touch the same freight unit, you can in parallel plan the pre-leg and the main leg. Of course, you have to take care of planning conflicts. 
another story uh, for later. We take care of that as well. And technically, so stages are stored in two nodes. One node is the stop node, which represents the stop of the freight unit. So you stop to pick the freight unit up and you stop to deliver the stop. And since the freight unit can have a lot of stops, you also need a definition of how those stops are connected. And that is stored in the so-called stop successor, which is a sub-node of the stop. And the stop successor node is the actual representation together with the stop of a stage. So if I have a stage from A to B, I would have a stop at A, so-called outbound stop because it leaves A, and a stop at B, the inbound stop because you arrive at B, and both are connected by a logistical successor stage. So that is basically how we define um, a stage of a freight unit. The reason why we have two stops is that the times, for example, uh, when you arrive at a certain location <coughs> is different from when you depart from that same location. So that's why uh, we have that on an inbound stop. And in my example, where you arrived at B, you could also continue from B to C. Then after that inbound stop at B, you have another outbound stop at B again, because you leave B and that might be at a completely different day. Most likely it's on a different date than you arrive. Um, and also from a locking perspective, um, it is somebody else's responsibility. So that is basically the technical, very, very shortened, uh, the technical uh, relevant, technically relevant notes of the freight yeah. unit. I think we'll come to that perhaps also in another podcast. Uh, because it's not only related to freight unit, it's a uh, general modeling of our business object tour. And this plays a role on all planning and execution activities. Probably will come to that later. Yeah. We have also a nice posting, somebody, if somebody's uh, interested in that stop concept. So those of you familiar with the SCE community, anyway, a good place to go. In the show notes, we will also uh, post that link, but it's also easy to find, I think. Uh, and in the LinkedIn TM group, um, referencing that we have some information about stop concepts, stop successor as well. But yeah, definitely worth another episode of that nice podcast. So more to come. SCE stands for Supply Chain Execution. Yeah, Supply Chain Execution Community, our family of TM, EWM, and EM. And TM stands for Transportation Management, EW for Extended Warehouse Management. EM for event management. Yeah, thanks for that. Okay, I think that is, but basically I think with, with that we, we have the technical definition. Maybe we can go to that freight unit. If you now look at that, that freight unit technically, maybe let's visit that uh, freight unit root item as well, huh? what, that, what that is for. Patrick, should we, should we add something yeah. on that? Yeah. So in general, we have, we store most of the information uh, which are which are relevant for a freight unit are item based. So all the information, all the products, all the quantities, and so on are stored on item level. And um, as we have already those fields um, like quantities and so on on item level, we decided to have a an item. It's more a technical item which is consolidating the information of all, let's say, cargo items um, which are common overall cargo items to one general um, so-called freight unit root item which keeps the, for example, if you transport um, 
one product with um, 10 kilograms, another product with 100 kilograms, and a third product with 300 kilograms, then we would have on the root item level, we would have uh, 300, no, I don't know. <laughs> the sum, <laughs> the sum, of, the sum of those three, <laughs> three items, exactly, I should not have. We deliver uh, the sum with the show notes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, in addition, if you would have, for example, different, like the um, transportation group or so, if those are all the same over all your items, we would consolidate that to one so-called root item where you can directly access all the information which is common for all items which are contained in the freight unit. And as this item doesn't is not a real product and is not a real package item or a container item, we introduced the so-called freight unit root item to, to store that information. She was just a artifice in order not to... Basically, it's, it's header data. So in a, um, if you look at the older modeling with the header and position uh, modeling, uh, we decided not to enhance the root, the actual root node of our business object with the information which is also found on the item. So basically, we have... The, aggregation we don't store it on the root but it is a root information it's an mm. it's a header aggregation so maybe let's let's take a small example so we have a trq which has a pallet item with your what was the quantity 100 yeah. and below that we had uh, we have several product items which are in that actual um, pallet item so another 50 and 50 enough already right okay. so uh, so we have a package item with two um, products, on it. products uh, on it. And maybe we have another pallet of 120 kilograms with 60 and 60 below each, again with products. Well, it could also be another packaging level, basically. If we now start the freight unit building for that kind of TRQ, I think maybe the next question is, where do I start? I mean, I have that package level, and then I have the products below, and so... What, when, how would we start? So, what is the the input then for um, freight unit building on that? So, where do we start with? So, with um, freight unit building is is usually executed on the main items of a TRQ instance. Um, so, if you if you have a standard forwarding order, which is the representation of a customer order received by an LSP. Um, you start, as mentioned, on the main item level. So if you have a container as a main item, you have products and pack, uh, packages as which are loaded into that container, and you have maybe even products which are consolidated on different pallets, you would start or the main item, so the container item would be um, the relevant the relevant information for freight unit building. Um, in the shipper world, it's a little bit different. Here we usually have, from a technical perspective in the TRQ, we have a hierarchy of in the, from which are coming from the sales order of the items. Um, it's a hierarchy of, of product items and the corresponding schedule line items, one-to-one -one representation more or less from the sales order work from, from, from ERP. And here as um, schedule lines could have different dates and so on, we and different quantities as well, we, are, we execute the actual freight unit building process on the schedule line level. Yes, because you mentioned now a freight unit building, um, perhaps you should, uh, we should now uh, explain um, what is freight unit building and how, when this occurs. Yeah, or maybe if, if it's okay, we may also go one step back to that uh, item thing, because maybe, so we, we now have that in our example, let's say we, we have that 
pallet item as a product item below. Maybe let's just jump into the freight unit. How would that look like in in a freight unit then? Maybe uh, usually from a visit. So you would see the same items more or less in the in the freight units. But from a technical perspective, we would have another item, that freight unit root item, which would be the the parent item of all contained items. So as mentioned, if you have a container with from which is coming from the TRQ, um, that container has a sub item, a package item, and that package item would have a product as a sub item. You would see in the T in the freight unit um, item table, you would see the freight unit root item as main item, and below that freight unit root item, you would see the container item. Below the container again, the package item, and below the package, the product. So the main item in the freight unit, so the item without any parent item. Um, is the so-called freight unit root item and all items which are copied from the TRQ to the freight unit are sub-items of that freight unit root item. Exactly. I think maybe one interesting thing on that one is also that says main item that comes from the TRQ is what we call the topmost cargo item. So uh, maybe that's one might have wondered what that is. So we if we copy that, um, come to that later maybe, if we then assign that freight unit to a freight order, we would not copy that freight unit root item because that freight unit root item is just a helper for us, but we would only copy that container item, the package item, uh, and the product item mentioned before. And that that level, that outermost transported level, so the, the outermost package you are paying for, basically, that is what we call the topmost cargo item that might also uh, come if you look into that items, you, you might hear that uh, term, and so that is our definition. So it's the outermost item coming from the TRQ, basically, technically, and that means it is the thing you actually yeah. paid for if you are LSP or paying if you are shipper, um, the outermost level. So cargo that. items are physical stuff. This freight unit route, it's a virtual item that we have in freight unit. Exactly, and maybe now, Dragos, we can come back to how would I start that? How do I get my my freight unit, right? So I think that is uh, there are different ways, and uh, yeah, so let's go into that one. So freight unit building is is a separate or actually a separate step in the in the when an order is created in TM. We have different options to create now those freight units using the so-called freight unit builder engine. Um, the, I would say typical or the most, mostly the typical one is that you automatically create your freight units once you save your order. So this means if you have set up your, um, forwarding order type in a way or your, um, OTR, which is the representation of the sales order in TM. So order based transportation requirement. If you have set up your type that freight units are built automatically, it's just a flag. Um, the freight unit builder engine is started right at right when the order is saved. Um, that's I would say the most typical option we have in TM. That's defined uh, in the type, right? In the, in the type, it's a, exactly. It's a it's yeah. a setting in the type. It's just a small flag where you can enable the automatic freight unit building at save of the document. Um, if you don't want to create freight units automatically, because um, one in case you create the freight units automatically on on, on saving, um, only that document which is currently saved is more or less considered. So if you get, for example, a sales order into the system, only that sales order would be considered during freight unit building. And in case you would like to uh, combine multiple 
items from a from a from a sales order, for example, into one freight unit. You must not create freight units automatically only for that freight unit, but you have to let's say mass enable the freight unit building process. And we have two options here. Um, the for testing purposes, maybe the easiest <laughs> way is the POWL, so the work list where all the transportation requirements are stored or are listed. You can select multiple, um, technically speaking, tier queues, so forwarding orders or better to say um, OTRs, and you can trigger the freight unit building process. And in case you don't have set up any incompatibilities, we might come to that later. Um, so if the hard constraints like um, the dates and the and the locations of the of the items or of the sales orders, for example, um, are fulfilled. We can combine multiple items of different TRQ instances into one freight unit. Um, the same process can be triggered using a report. To be honest, I don't have in mind the report name, but I think you can find it in the menu. Um, yeah, in this batch processing part, I think uh, TRQ planning prep preparation, something like this where we can also select multiple TRQ instances and trigger the freight unit building for those instances together. And again, we group all items which might fit into one freight unit. And if system is set up properly, you will find one freight unit for multiple documents or for multiple TRQ instances then. Exactly. I think but building a freight unit does not necessarily mean that you are already directly move that into planning. For example, you could uh, have a planning block on its sales on then that freight units per default would not show up in any planning activity. So building the freight unit is required to start planning, but that does not necessarily mean that you immediately start planning. Good. I think that's enough for and ah, there's another option. You can go into the BO test tool, <laughs> TRQ, and call the action build FU. So that is when you really want to deep dive that and start to debug that, that would be a nice starting point. Good. Next thing I think, uh, what in, in our chain now, if you come go from a TRQ to the freight unit would be, I mean, we, we said 2000 tons is too much, but what is the right size for a freight unit? And, and I think the freight unit building rule, that is where you can define that. Maybe we should also visit that little, it's I think one of the smallest BOs we have, uh, but still it's a BO and, uh, it defines basically how do I build my freight units, right? So maybe we can just go through that most important features of the freight unit building rule. So yeah. the freight yeah. unit building rule in general is more or less controlling the freight unit building process. And I think the two most important things are on the one hand side on which or how can I consolidate the items of one tier queue or the multiple tier queues into a freight unit. So we have three settings. I think it's called um, freight unit building strategy. Um, we can say, okay, we only want to consider the individual items. That means we build for each item at least one freight unit. Um, so we don't consolidate different items into, into, um, into one freight unit. So in case you have, for example, several containers which you want to want to transport and you want to have individual freight unit for each container and each container is again represented by a tier queue item then you would set up the freight unit building rule in a way that you create per item a freight unit and you're done next thing would be to consolidate all items which are consolidatable <laughs> yeah, in one 
in one request. So you have multiple packages, for example, in your request, and you want to build one big freight unit for all items in your in your transportation request, so in your TRQ. Um, you can set up per request. That's the second strategy, and that's exactly the result. If all hard constraints are met for all items, uh, the freight unit builder would create exactly one freight unit. And in case you want to use um, the report, for example, or the, the POWL for freight unit building, and you want to merge items of different tier queues into one freight unit, you can use the last freight unit building strategy, which is called as much as possible. So all items, again, which met, which are meeting the hard constraints, um, can be consolidated then um, into one freight unit. And it doesn't matter if they belong to different tier queues or not. So can like, you, could I... Um, can you explain uh, what are the hard constraints for freight unit building? So the, the most important hard constraints are the, um, the locations. So you can only consolidate two items if they have the same source and the same destination location. And the times are currently hard constraints as well. So you don't, you are not allowed to consolidate items with, which have different pickup times or requested pickup times and uh, requested delivery times. If those dates are different and actually not only the dates, but also the time um, is different, we cannot consolidate them into one freight unit. There's a little, um, exception from that rule, um, in case you have ERP in a ERP, for example, a complete delivery, um, we will consolidate different items into, in, even they have maybe different delivery times into one freight unit. Complete delivery indicator yeah. in ERP. Ah, yeah, today, by the way, means uh, end of January 2013. So 9.0 is delivered, will be out of ramp up soon. 9.1 is in brutal development so <laughs> moving forward in that one but if you hear that podcast in 10 years from now so that was when we were working on 9.1 and 9.0 was on the market and in addition to that we have several other hard constraints uh, like for example i think the transportation group is something which is which is uh, considered as hard constraint so if two items have different transportation groups um, we would not consolidate them into one freight unit incoterm the same and there is a list of, of uh, hard constraints which are which are uh, considered Excellent. during freight unit building. So that would mean everything that has some same source, destination, location, and times, and same input time, etc., would be combined. And now we come to that quantity thing, right? Exactly. So I think the second um, important thing in the freight unit building rule is, as mentioned, on the one hand side, the consolidation level: which items are you allowed to consolidate into one freight unit? And the second thing is, if you if you think about a freight unit like a kind of transportation capacity, we can define a maximum size of such a, a freight unit. And those those uh, sizes or the, the 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 capacity of a freight unit is defined in the freight unit building rule as well as it's named as planning relevant quantities. And you can define a maximum size for a freight unit. So, for example, if you um, define that your freight unit building, uh, that your freight unit should not exceed, let's say, 25 tons. And if you have two items in your, uh, in your order, one has 20 tons and the second one has 10 tons and you want to build freight units, the freight unit builder would create two freight units. One with 20 tons for the one item and the, for the second item, we would create, um, another freight unit with 10 tons then. Um, so as mentioned, the freight unit the, the planning relevant quantities from the freight unit building rule define the maximum capacity um, of a freight unit. 
And it's not only a kind of capacity, but it's um, it can also be considered as a split quantity. So as mentioned, in the first meaning, it's really the maximum size of the freight unit. But if you enable in the freight unit building rule that item split is allowed, the freight unit builder tries to split items according to the split quantity. So my example, which I just gave, you have an item with 20 tons and another item with 10 tons, and you allow splitting in the freight unit building rule. And uh, remember, we had a split quantity of 25 tons. We would still create two freight units, one with 20 tons of the one first item and five tons of the second item. And then we, um, the, the freight unit is more or less full. And therefore, we create a, a second freight unit for the split quantity or for the remainder quantity of five tons. So this somehow overrules the setting of the consolidation strategy no 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 it's not it's not overruling it's really um it is additionally so if you have if you have not set your freight unit building rule in a way that um, consolidation is allowed um we would not we would not combine two items so if you want mm -hmm. to want to combine two items you still have to set up the freight unit building rule in a way that consolidation is allowed you can even say okay if you have for example um one line item in your tier queue, which has only, which has five containers or which represents five containers, but you still want to have individual freight units per container. You could, you could, for example, split on each level. For example, if you have in your, in your tier queue item, five eaches, which represents five containers, you could split at one each. And as a result, you would get five container items or if item split is allowed. Otherwise, uh, yeah, you you keep your five um, exactly five container item and you are surprised. But and in, that's in addition, uh, that's maybe an important thing because sometimes um, yeah, it, it's might not be so. It's not maybe well known. Let's say it like this: um, <laughs> if, for example, an item exceeds the actual planning quantity or split quantity, but item split is not allowed, we still build a freight unit which is. Um, which which is which exceeds at the end the, the actual split quantity. So, so we take the wish of not splitting the item very serious. Yeah. So uh, and there are several reasons why an item can't be split. So the the easiest one is um, that we don't have the split indicator set in the freight unit building rule. That's an easy one. And we have several constraints um, from the item hierarchy. For example, if you have a container item or an item which represents, for example, five containers, and below you have uh, several product items and so on, um, we cannot split or we, we don't allow splitting of those items because we don't know how to distribute the different products to the different freight units as a result. And therefore, in case an item has sub-items, we don't allow splitting as well. That is one example. So, so far, we only talked about mass. I think we can have up to two or even more dimensions for splitting, right? So if you would have mass or volume, because a truck has a mass and a volume and a pallet count restriction, I think we can also do something yes, then, can. right? We have predefined dimensions in TM. So one is um, the, the mass dimension, we have the volume dimension, and we have a dimensionless dimension, <laughs> like pieces and so on. And actually, we can use all those so those things to, to split the freight unit. So we can define a maximum weight of a freight unit, a maximum volume of a freight unit, or even the number of pieces might be restricted to a different amount. And I think the first limit you reach is your split exactly. amount, right? And if it, isn't there also a bit of sophistication if you have multiple items with different sizes? Let's say one is heavy and uh, 
not so big, and another one is bulky, uh, so not so heavy, but uh, it has a big volume. Wasn't there also some algorithm to try to combine it? Or? Fortunately, it was not a real algorithm. It was more a setting in the freight unit building rule. So, um, okay. from a pure, so from the algorithm perspective, we used the first fit algorithm. So we sort the the items according to a defined quantity in a descending way. And we just take the first item, put it into a freight unit, check for the second item if it still fits and so on. And now it's the question, if you have several quantities um, or several dimension, actually, it's the question how to sort the items. And we can give the freight unit builder a kind of hint in the freight unit building rule. So what's your most critical dimension that can be controlled in the freight unit building rule? And um, the freight unit builder will sort the items according to that quantity, which is defined there. So most critical dimension, flag, miracle, also solved. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As a prerequisite, of course, mm. you have to make sure that your items carry the relevant dimension. So. Yeah. Yes. In general, if if for example an item has, if you have defined weight or so in as planning relevant or split quantity, and an item doesn't carry any weight, it would still consider. So it, it at the end the item must have at least one planning relevant quantity. Then it is considered even some some quantity fields might be initial. Initial means then no volume, no weight. I mean, exactly. we don't know mm -hmm. it. And we also do not try to do some magic math uh, on that one to yeah. estimate what it could be, right? And I think there's also, isn't there a difference between the planning quantity and the um, split relevant quantity? So if I want to split by weight, but also consider the volume and that, uh, maybe, I think that also gives sometimes confusion. I think, yeah, as of today. Yeah. As of today, that's very important. Currently, uh, <laughs> only the quantities which are defined in the as planning relevant quantity are taken over or are aggregated to the root level of the freight unit. And those quantities are only considered during, for example, optimizer planning. Um, on item level, we transfer all quantities or the corresponding split part or split parts of that quantity from the TRQ item to the um, to the freight unit item, but on header level, only the planning relevant quantities are stored in an aggregated way. So the sum of all um, planning relevant quantities of the items are summed up to the to the header of the freight unit. So if I want to okay. make sure the optimizer is considering weight and volume, both must be a planning plan. relevant quantity, exactly. Otherwise, it's just... And if you just hmm. want to have, for example, volume as, let's say, a relevant quantity for the optimization later on, but split quantity is um, should be only based on mass, for example. Uh, you just have to, or you still have to maintain two entries in that planning relevant quantity table. So one for volume, one for mass. But you can just leave the field for the for the split quantity or the planning relevant quantity value. You can leave empty. So empty means endless capacity. Okay. I think maybe that's um, enough for the. Quantities in the freight unit building rule, but there is even more. One, there's one, unfortunately, there's one <laughs> uh, very sometimes very confusing part. Um, it's the so-called rounding value, ah. and um, the <laughs> rounding value defines that you that the split part of a freight unit must all always be a multiple of the of the corresponding rounding value. So if you have, for example, so no half pallets. Now it, right? exactly, if you that's that's something where we want to avoid splitting only based on weight, which would result, for example, in uh, point ninety or point sixty six <laughs> periodic, whatever um, 
split values for for uh, pallets or for actually for the dimensionless dimensions. Yeah, because repairing the pallets is a bit uh, costly <coughs> afterwards, right? So that's why we want to keep them uh, as a whole. Yeah. Okay. And that can be controlled in those planning uh, in those rounding <coughs> values and most mostly it's only or you should really check if you if you want to use that feature that you don't use multiple rounding values but because this will often not um, lead to a result so usually you define a rounding value for example for for pieces that uh, pieces are not split or are always split in a in a integral way yeah yeah basically you can also say for playing I want to define a rounding value of 100 from my weight, so that means the freight units will be built as much as possible in with around hundreds of kilograms. Yeah. So, not but usually it's 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 it should be used for to ensure yeah. an in integral split of of the dimensionless dimensions. Yeah. Because nobody would play with GM, yeah. right? It's not a game. <laughs> Yeah, but that I think you can easily knock out the the that algorithm by combining uh, uh, too many parameters, and I think we design it to a way for the requirements we know, and that is like rounding to full pellets and, and not pellets in volume parallel, because that. Uh, so can maybe the last interesting feature which we which we have in the area of quantities is um, the the calculation of different dimensions using the product master. So if you if you go for um, order integration, for example, so you have your sales order in, in in ECC and you transfer them to TM, and for example, your sales quantity are eaches, but actually your your quantity you would like to transport are pallets, and you have set up the product master in a way that there is a calculation possible from pieces to pallets. We use that information during freight unit building. That's maybe just a side remark here. Nice, An important one. <laughs> important, but if yeah. yeah, if everything is set up and sift well, yeah, I think there's more than freight unit building, right? I think there is if you go to the advanced setting, is it advanced or basic? That incompatibilities you already mentioned before. So if I don't want to combine cats and dogs in the same freight unit, uh, what would I do? You would set up incompatibilities in the freight unit building rule. Ah. To be honest, I don't know <laughs> if it's on the advanced tab or not, but you will find it for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I don't want to mention incompatibilities in too much detail because I think we can have a separate yep. podcast on that. But in general, you can set up incompatibilities to to control the freight unit builder if two items can be combined in one freight unit or not. So yeah, that's made, let's say the the, and, the yeah. most important. I think thing. the basic thing is you can use any attribute of that item, that yeah. be the transportation um, yeah, group. Okay, that was already hard split criterion as we learned before, but uh, could be like the product or even since incompatibilities are condition based, you could also say uh, kind of groups of products. So everything that starts with um, I don't know C C A T like cat star. So cat one, cat two, cat three is incompatible with everything which is DOG star. So that kind of thing would also work. I think that's enough for that. And then I think you can also define the again another strategy in freight unit building, that so-called uh, yeah, process controller strategy for freight unit building. Maybe we also have, should uh, have a short visit to that one as well, right? Yeah, I would say that's that's. A very so the process control has a very powerful framework which we which is widely used in in TM in the TM area. It's actually based off uh, or it's a SCM basis framework as far as I know. Hmm? Um, but we reuse it for for different purposes in TM as well. So for freight unit building, 
for optimizer planning, for carrier selection, for so various places where we use that, use that framework. I think again would be nice to have a yeah, deep dive on that one. But maybe given somebody would now jump into that uh, deep dive or would read, there's also posting for that from Marcos in the SCE community about the process controller. I think roughly, basically, the steps in freight unit buildings are the pre-processing exactly. where we we usually have the the, free, uh, the pre-processing where we based on the input data which we which we get from the business object we read all the all the relevant information. So mainly it's the the TRQ items, which which have to be grouped and used to to determine the the quantities and so on, um, the existing freight units, because we will uh, maybe we'll maybe discuss or talk about that topic later. So also the freight unit updates are handled by the freight unit builder engine. So therefore we also use or read the currently existing freight units. That's all done in the pre-processing step. Um, afterwards, the actual algorithm is executed in a second method. It's FUB auto. And in the last step, it's the so-called freight unit building post-processing, where we just write the, the results of the actual freight unit building process back to the business object, so back to the different tour instance or create, not only modify tour instance, of course, but we create, of course, also freight units. I think in that outer part, it's also interesting that we have the concept of so-called outer layer and inner layer. So I think the relevant classes are SCM, TMS, and then CL, FUB, OL, like outer layer, which no, is... No, it's, no. it's okay. uh, CL underscore FU underscore builder underscore OL, ah. because uh, the name was not free anymore based on <laughs> because on uh, TM60701 yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, and also more self-explaining the name, huh? Exactly. So fu underscore builder. Well, an outer layer means that is a layer which is handling all the data, right? And then there's an represent or another inner layer, il, which is then already kind of um, not looking into the data anymore, but just working with the input, right? Yep. And if if so, now somebody would like to say he knows what he's doing after hearing that podcast and doing some more research, and you would like to influence the freight unit building. You could jump into that method, right, and then have an extra step, let's say, between the pre-proc and the actual freight unit building and adapt some quantities or... Exactly. So I think exactly you could, for example, if you want to adjust the quantities a little bit or the incompatibilities or whatever, you would you would create your own method right between the pre-processing where all the data is already read and right before the actual algorithm call. Uh, if you want to modify the actual algorithm results, you would just create your own method right between the freight unit building automate or auto process and the uh, freight unit building post processing. And if you want to add different adjustments after the freight units are already created and written to the business object, you would maybe create your own method right after the actual freight unit building post processing. So you want to update some fields, you want to copy different fields you want to trigger some actions or so which are which are relevant for the freight units you could plug in your own methods right after that uh, freight unit building post-processing call. I think there's one more setting in the freight unit building where it's equipment type based but I think that's a so special topic that we come to that uh, later anyway. So it looks like after talking 20 minutes about the freight unit building rule there's a certain relevance in it so maybe it makes sense to talk about how do I get to that rule so where, where does it come from is it uh, somebody uh, Defining it, of course, we already defined. But how would I get from, you know, if I need a different rule, you said it's quantity based. Uh, so for 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 bulk, for say corn, you would split by 30 tons or whatever that is in pounds. Sorry, US guys, I'm not <laughs> very good in that mess. Um, and then for others, it's like pellets. If you for for a pelletized good. So how would I 
what is the magic behind that? So how would I get from the requirement to the freight unit building rule? So uh, first option is just to define the freight unit building rule in your corresponding TRQ type. So the forwarding order type customizing as well as the OTR and so order-based transportation requirement and the delivery-based transportation requirement customizing offer a field where you can put in your freight unit building rule which you want to use for that um, for that object type. And there is a second 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 setting in, in the type customizing. It's a condition uh, where you can determine on item level, that's important because if you define the freight unit building rule on root level for all items, the same freight unit building rule will be used. If you define a condition, the actual freight unit building rule determination is happening on item, on item level. So each item, which is freight unit building relevant, can have its own or you can determine different, uh, different freight unit building rule per item. And freight unit building rule hmm. is a hard split criteria. So you will not, if you define, determine different items for a freight unit building, uh, for an item, those will never make it into the same freight unit or should. Maybe for those not familiar with that, terms of conditions are a way uh, of uh, flexibly uh, getting some or rules-based, uh, getting um, some input. So you have some defined input, and let's say in our case it would be the item type and maybe the... Uh, what else, the product group, and, and then on based on that, you have as a result the freight unit building rule. And as Patrick said, it's called per item. So if I have 10 items and five of that have freight unit building rule one and five have two, those two go together uh, into freight unit building then, and they you could only combine the freight units with the same freight unit building rule. For the reasons I think after hearing the 20 minutes about freight unit building rule, you will understand why that is, because so many settings are coming from the freight unit building rule that it's, um, you cannot mix that simply. Yeah, I think that's maybe enough for what's one. Is there any, could I manually also change that? Or how would I see how, which freight unit building rule has been applied? So you, you see which freight unit building rule has been applied if you just look at the freight unit general data top in the UI. There is a, a field where the freight unit building rule is, is, um, is linked, so you can also navigate into corresponding uh, freight unit building rule. And um, uh, maybe something very important in that area is um, the so-called default rule. Because sometimes you see not a freight unit building rule in your freight unit, but just a small flag which says defaults applied. And um, in case you, you set up, for example, your type in a way that a condition should be used for freight unit building rule determination and that condition will not result or will not return any any freight unit building rule, we still want to be able to create freight units for that item. So we don't stop the com complete process of freight unit building, but we um, we apply so-called defaults. Those defaults are hard-coded. I don't know. I think it's um, consolidated. So all items of one request would be consolidated. And um, as much as possible, so as also as so cross no TFUs. Split. No, 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 not cross. Only okay. per request. Per request, okay. Yeah, mm. and um, open quantity, so you would usually get exactly one freight unit. And yeah, that's that's one important thing. If you just look at the freight unit building rule label in, in the freight unit UI, it might happen that you see that defaults applied flag 
and that's then if no freight unit billing rule could be determined and we just apply so, the default. So this, Recommend. Doesn't, this doesn't mean that the default freight unit billing rule. No, is there is no default freight unit billing rule. So, little hint, so you should not call your freight unit billing rule default freight unit billing rule because then you wouldn't be able to distinguish between. <laughs> yeah, sure, you would <laughs> default supply. It's really, it's really a flag with a label default supplied. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. the learning is that freight unit building rule, as much as we talk 20 minutes about it, it's uh, actually optional. So you can get without it. But uh, of course, in a real life, in a real scenario, you would like to to control the the way in which freight unit building uh, freight units are built. And yeah. And of course, it's you much more that. fun building freight units with a freight unit building rule, yeah. right? So. Typically, you would have it, but if you just start, we say there's no technical necessity to have that. So, but then we, we take our assumptions. So, since, since this is a customizing activity to um, assign freight unit building rules to document types, um, does anybody know? Do we deliver something? No, no, no. There's no standard freight unit building rule which we which we deliver as far as I know. No, there are. There's no, there's also no default condition or so that we deliver to find it or something. That's Perhaps all. we should also discuss now whether, um, so up what we heard now, so we're talking about uh, actions and and rules. So uh, the freight units are built uh, based on that rule and this is a background engine. Do you have any influence to, I mean, any way to influence the results of a freight unit building to adjust manually quantities or uh, how the items are consolidated in a way or the other? Uh, yes, we, we have built an own small application where you can where you can adjust and, and modify the created freight units. And that's also because coming back to, to the question if it's possible to adjust the freight unit building rule manually, the only way to define a freight unit building rule manually, I think it's possible to you if you use the report, there you can specify the freight unit building rule as well, which should be used. But again, if you use that manual freight unit building application, you can create new freight units and specify the freight unit building rule there as well. So that application can be started from the freight unit UI itself, can be started from the freight unit work list, so the freight unit POWL. And it can be started from the transportation cockpit just by selecting a bunch of freight units and navigating to that application. And then you see the freight units in a, let's say, freight unit building optimized way. <laughs> so more or less the items or the main items, the freight unit building relevant items, the corresponding quantities. And then you can start merging different items into one freight unit and you can split off quantities from one item and merge it into another freight unit and so on. Of course, all the real hard constraints are still considered, but we, we have some, let's say, soft checks, which which might be uh, or which can be overruled. So you could validate that quantity constraint then, right? Yeah. Incompatibilities, that kind of everything that comes from the rule, right? Mm -hmm. That yeah. is only a warning then. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And, and then if an update comes in, so is that kind of a manual freight unit? So you, you changed all the quantities, you hours you spent there and, and assign it to different freight units. And now somebody, uh, without thinking, changes the quantity in a sales order. How What happens then? In general, mm -hmm. we, we mark those freight units as manually changed, or at least the items which we manually change. And those items, we try to keep those, those changes mm. as stable as possible. Of course, if you... 
just move one item into a different freight unit, the whole quantity, for example, and re you reduce the quantity, we, we have to reduce the quantity so we, we don't keep that quantity. But if you split, for example, an item, um, so you have 100 kilos, whatever, you split it into two freight units, each 50 kilos and one item update um, comes in. We don't merge them automatically again, but we just reduce um, the, the reduced quantity from one freight unit. So we try to keep those freight units stable as long as possible. I think that's anyway uh, a principle, right, to, to keep freight units stable, or also if they're already planned or so. But we come to that change behavior. I think that is something uh, worth uh, talking a bit deeper, and we come to that later, maybe in this or next episode. Let's see. Okay, I think that's enough for that freight unit, manual freight unit building, yeah. right? So I think we, we talked now a lot about quantities and uh, coming back to our initial discussion, what, what is the purpose of a freight unit? Uh, we also talked a lot about stages and, and so far we haven't defined any. So wh where would that stage come from? Is there a, yeah, I mean, there are different ways where they could come from. So maybe let's go through that, right? So as, as mentioned, maybe now I start <laughs> with ways. We, we could also have in a forwarding order and only in a forwarding order, like a default routing. So the customer already ordered that we have to go through Hamburg or so. That is an ordered route then. And that is the first thing where we can go into um, the planned route. If, if, you, if you look in the forwarding order, by the way, that's maybe also interesting. If you go in the stages tab, you see that ordered route. And that is really technically also the tier queue stages. And then the actual route, you already enjoy looking at the towards at the freight units, basically. So the actual route in the tier or forwarding order UI um, is already the freight units UI. You will see exactly the same stages, of course, if you go into the freight units. But since this is a planning part of the forwarding order, you can also see it in the forwarding order UI. So the first easiest way to uh, get stages is uh, the order route from the forwarding order. Maybe also IncoTerm is very similar, right? Maybe Patrick can add something the on the status quo. Order route is, is, as mentioned, very interesting because you maintain those stages on the on the forwarding order, and once you create freight units, those are used as input during freight unit building, and we just create freight freight unit stages according to the ordered route stages. We, we can um, make those stages then more more granular on the freight unit level, but usually we, we are not allowed to remove those stages from the from the actual route because those are really the, the wish of the customer and we, we want to keep those stages. Of course, there is a point in time when we say, okay, now ordered route and actual route are decoupled. So if we decided to route the freight units in a different way and we don't want to uh, yeah, we we don't process any update um, of the ordered route automatically anymore to the to the freight unit stages. So there is a point in time when we say, okay, now we decouple freight unit actual stages from the TRQ ordered route, and we don't process any updates anymore. I think this is okay. Thing to mention. So two two ways ordered route we talked so far. Ingoterms did we? Ingoterm is something which we which we con considered during the order integration process. So in the normal freight unit, based on a forwarding order, we don't consider uh, Ingoterms during freight unit building. So during the stage creation, during freight unit building. But if you are if you have an OTR, so order based transportation requirement, and you have defined an Ingoterm with a corresponding Ingoterm location. 
and that IncoTerm from a customizing perspective requires a location, we create two stages, one from the source location or from the shipping point, for example, to that IncoTerm location and the second stage from the IncoTerm location to the consignee. That's the second option. Exactly. That is what we stages. have today. There might be more in the future, but uh, we are not going to talk about future in that uh, podcast part about okay. what we have today. Yeah. So that is, I think, the second way of getting stages. But there are more options, yeah, right? I think more. you exactly. next thing also coming from the forwarding order, you can define a so-called movement type, right? So like door to door or exactly. Yeah. Behind the movement type, we we have a customizing where we can define different stage types like pre-carriage, main carriage, on carriage to a specific movement type. So burnt. Burn example was the door-to-door -door movement type. We usually have three assigned stage types, a pre-carriage, a main carriage, and the on-carriage. And based on the movement type information, we create then three stages in the um, in the freight unit, in the freight unit actual route, so in the freight unit stages. Uh, important thing is if you use the movement type, you it's more or less a kind of manual, manual thing because um, we don't know where the location should come from. So you will receive three stages with the three different um, stage types, but the locations are not filled yet. So you have to you have to maintain those stages manually or using other techniques to, to populate those uh, location information on the stages then. Okay, yeah, that's the second way of filling it. I think the next one is the default route, right? Coming with 9081, yeah. With one of the releases, uh, we, we also have another, I think 9.0, yeah, must be 9.0. Okay. Um, the default route, I think, is 9.0 with a new schedule. We also have one incarnation of that schedule is the default route, and I think that is more the geography, really, right? Mm -hmm. So it defines not only that you have three stages, but also what are the locations. And the background is LSP world, that you have a, a hard-defined routing. If I go from uh, my... Um, I think it starts or could start at the um, business unit, um, so let's say in Nuremberg. And uh, then if I go to Chicago, I always have the same routing for Ocean, for example. So that is the default route. I think there's also a, not only the default route, um, but I also, I know that's also, no, okay, that's the default route. That could come from. I think the last option, the most flexible one, and flexibility comes with configuration typically, is the transportation proposal. So you can also call the optimizer, which is uh, the brain uh, behind the transportation proposal, and the optimizer will um, look into the transportation network. So you have to define transshipment locations. It checks if I have capacities for the different stages, say means of transport assigned to lanes on a pre-leg, Bookings for the main leg, booking or schedules for the main leg actually, and um, for the subsequent leg also, say means of transport. Uh, then it, it will suggest a proposal. I think there's also a, sh a shortcutted version of that one. So I think you can also um, define that only the routing must uh, access. But I think planning and proposal is anyway a, a separate topic. So I just want to mention that here. So you can also dynamically uh, define that route considering all that capacity constraints, uh, et cetera, so that you do not use already fully booked booking, but then you go to another port where you have some capacity left. 
And if we are already talking about uh, planning, or we can also use the planning or the manual planning to define stages, more or less. So if you have a, a freight unit stage, so only one freight unit stage, and it's going from your shipper to your consignee, and you have already a booking in place, which is going from your port in Hamburg to the port in Newark or so, and you just drag and drop that one stage, which is going end to end to that existing booking, we would also create the let's say remainder stages or so, which is then from going from the shipper to the port in Hamburg and from the port in Newark to Chicago, for example. Exactly. And last but not least, you can also manually split the stage and just press split and enter the location manually, either in the actual route of the uh, forwarding order or in the freight unit UI or in the transportation cockpit. That's it. I think, yeah, there is no POWL for the stages so far. Yeah, I think that is where the stages could come from. And I think maybe after one hour talking now, maybe that's a good point in time to make a short break on that one. I think we will continue with the second episode, um, Freight Unit Building. So I can already um, um, promise that we will talk about things like uh, how do I plan that freight unit then, roughly? So how, what happens? How do I assign a freight unit to a freight order? What happens in the background, technically? We will look at to, into shortcut processes. So they also, I think, in the very straightforward cases, you don't even need a freight unit because, as we saw, freight unit defines the routing and the quantities. And if if there's only one routing, so one stage, and the and the quantities from the forwarding order or OTR, there's no point in having that freight unit norm. So that then you can shortcut that. And we'll discuss about um, that as well. Um, then uh, we will also talk about the ERP integration, what happens then, what is if I create a delivery after having sales orders with under delivery, etc. So that's also very nice thing. We will talk about the shortcut processes, limitation B, freight units, what that is, <laughs> and uh, direct shipment options, so LTL, basically how this is um, handled. Um, we talk about changes also. If we talk about ERP, of course, very soon changes come into play, changes and change controller. And then what happens if you have deviations in, 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 in the curse of transportation then? Maybe one thing we should come back to now um, to, to finalize the overall picture of the freight unit, that is the freight unit type. I think we haven't visited that one. And uh, maybe just briefly we should talk about what is defined in the freight unit type. And how do I get, how do I find that uh, freight unit type? So maybe we should uh, go go back there. I think basically the yeah, freight unit type is, first of all, normal freight or T TOR customizing. So the result of that is store technique, whoever is interested. Like all, all TOR types uh, share the same customizing table as CMTMS C underscore TOR2 with Y at the end. And for the category freight unit, you have the settings like, is it relevant for execution? So all that um, split quantities, uh, etc. The number ranges, uh, so, sorry, split quantities. To talk too long about quantities. Um, so the, the execution relevance, so I want, do I want to track on the freight unit level or not? Track and trace, EM, event management integration, number ranges. Um, UI configuration. UI, yeah, that's very, yeah. So if you have different freight unit types and you look also, okay, our assumption is <coughs> typically you look at freight units in the transportation cockpit in a work queue kind of work list or in the forwarding order. So 
we did not put our full passion into the freight unit UI um, because we think nobody or looking into the freight unit UI itself is not the typical use case. It's more important to have a well-configured actual route in a forwarding order and the cockpit. Uh, um, I think that's more important here. So that's why. But still, if you have different, say, freight unit types, you could assign different UI configurations to that. And what the UI configuration is, I think that will be another uh, episode as well. But basically, you can have different um, UI building blocks, so to say, and also different Let's say the general data, like the quantities, if I have a bulk order, I'm not interested in pallets, but in, in mass, and, and maybe I want to have some product information. And for pallets, I'm not interested in, in some of the bulk attributes. So that is basically what you can define here. And then there's some more settings. I think we don't want to go through that in, in all detail. I think that is more or less well documented in the freight unit type itself. But uh, maybe you should uh, say some words about how do I get to my, or how do I determine the uh, freight unit type? Yeah. The freight unit type is usually determined by the freight unit building rule. So you can either uh, define a freight unit type which should be used for the created freight units directly in the type uh, in the freight unit building rule, sorry. Or you can define a condition again, which is then returning um, the, the type of the freight unit as a result of the actual freight unit building. So depending on your on the results of the freight unit building process, um, you can determine different types. I think one important thing is that we are actually we don't allow to change the type. So even if you if you go for condition-based type determination, um, it's only considered during really during the creation of the freight unit. That means if you have created a freight unit with type FU1, for example, um, based on a condition result, and later on that freight unit gets an update and the condition would would return a different freight unit type. We will never, or we will not change that type. Or, in other no. words, we don't call that condition again to determine to redetermine the type. Give the type, and if there's no type defined whatsoever, there's a default freight unit type, and that is also oh. delivered. So there's always one freight unit type at least left. Saying zero 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 one is a default freight unit type and default uh, delivery. So there always will be a default type, and also if uh, make you have to make sure if you. If a freight unit type is used, do not delete it from customizing. That can have uh, dumpy effects, um, so to say. Okay, anything else? We forgot it for freight unit as such and how to get there. I think we. If you did that, we can we can catch up in the next episode. Yeah. Good. So thank you for listening. Uh, the examine will come in the next uh, episode then. No, but we our plan is now to continue with that kind of um, sessions, and maybe since this is the first one, we uh, would be happy to also get some feedback on that one if we did not dive deep enough. So if you also have to go into the method names uh, or lines within the method to explain, or if we dived too deep already, or whatever you think is missing, or not enough jokes, or uh, too much, too many, too many jokes. jokes, or too bad jokes, or. So I think any feedback is appreciated. So thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.